Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott, alongside, as always, hello, Scott. Sean, hi, we're here. We made it. Yeah. It was, it was a big weekend. Woo! That was a weekend, yeah. It sure was. A real whirlwind affair over the weekend. A bunch of provincial championships from across the country. The TSN Skins game was played for some reason. But we will start over in Sweden, where the third leg of the Curling World Cup took place in front of packed houses in Jönköping or Jönköpen. Jönköpen. Yeah, yes. I, I don't know. <laughs> we're, we're butchering it. Jönköping, yes. let's just say. Yes. So over there in, in Sweden, let's take this in order. I think that the games were played, Scott, uh, with the mixed doubles results first, where the Canadian squad of Colton Lott and his partner, whose name I always get wrong, beat the Norwegian team of uh, Kristen Skrazlian and Thomas Ulsrud. Yes, Sean, that's right, that's right. Uh, the Canadian team, they got out to a really good lead here. Now, this game started at 2.30 a.m. Eastern Time, and I'll admit, I woke up at 2.30, I put it on the TV in my room, and then I fell asleep before any of the, <laughs> the curling started up. So uh, I, I was ready to go, I was all set to do the research, but I had to settle for watching the recap Uh you know, after after the fact, but they got out to a bit of a lead here uh, in this game, and then uh, the Norwegians, the wily veterans, you know, started chipping away, chipping away, and in the seventh, uh, tied the game, uh, which was a little bit freaky to uh, <laughs> to the Canadians, as as said in their uh, post game interview. Colton Lott said, "Oh boy, I'm, I was getting a little nervous there," yep. but uh, they managed to save their power play until the eighth end, used it effectively and were able to score a deuce when uh, the last draw came up just a bit short for Norway. So congratulations to them. I, uh, I was not surprised that they did well, but I, I obviously didn't pick them. I was surprised that they beat the Swiss team in their first game out. That really set the tone for them for the rest of the week. Yeah, and that's the thing that we said last week on the show was that they had to beat that Swiss team, the the Jenny Pere and Martin Rios, world champions, and that really was the key for them getting off on a, a good start. And of course, they had the same record, I believe, as the Swiss team in terms of wins and losses. But the Swiss did have to go to an extra end in one of those victories, so that's, that's right. why you get the Canadians going through. And I tweeted this out on Saturday. But even though it helped me personally, when we get to why that is in a, in a bit, that I'm I'm still not sold on on this idea of the the win in regulation being worth more than the win in an extra because it's not like in hockey or in soccer or or wherever where you know you're incentivizing teams to or th- there's sort of an incentive like certainly in the NHL right there's this incentive to get to overtime. Uh, you're not going to be too aggressive in the last five minutes of the game because you want that point. Here, I, I don't. I don't think in curling it's a problem of teams trying to play aggressively. You know, teams are are going out to try and win the games. So, I mean, maybe you could make a case if you're up one without the hammer. Maybe you play a little more aggressively. You don't want to force there to one, and you're going to go hard for a steal. But I, I don't know. I, I think 
this is one of these things where they're trying to solve a problem that I'm not so sure exists. I really like that it uh, um, it changes the way that you approach that last end. Uh, and there were a couple times I was watching this week where I thought, oh, why are they doing that? Like the the U.S. game against uh, Nicholas Adine, uh they were really trying hard to not let them tie to get two to tie and so they were they were playing uh, in the style that i was confused by frankly until i remembered oh right tying is bad for them so uh, it kind of is an interesting different wrinkle and i don't really mind it all that much so uh, yeah it was a, a disadvantage to the, to my picks but right. uh you know right. it's it's fine right well and it plays out in the other group too where norway and the americans the hamilton siblings were both four and two, but again, an extra end victory there for the Americans puts them down, and they don't get into the playoffs by a point. That's right. That's right. So, you know, um, it's the way that it goes, and everybody knows the rules going in. So, yeah. So were you were you surprised by anything on the mixed doubles draw there? A little bit. One of the things, you know, we, we we've been looking at these mixed doubles events all year, the use of the power play, mm-hmm. and you know, you look at Canada, they win. You know, obviously, you can't necessarily draw a direct causation here. Correlation doesn't necessarily mean causation, but the Canadians were the most effective with the power play. In their seven games, they used it five times. They got four deuces and a three. So very effective use of the power play there, scoring multiples every time, Mm -hmm. where on the opposite end, the Chinese used it five times, and they actually gave up a net of minus one point. Uh. So... Obviously not what you're looking for there if you're the the Chinese team. Mm -hmm. And there's just that really effective use of the power play is seemingly making a difference. Because the more we look at the results here, Scott, at at these World Cups, we're seeing the teams that are very effective with the power play coming out on top. So, you know, where you can use that, it's clearly a, a major advantage to you if, if you're using it effectively yeah so as we start to get more and more mixed doubles events you know more and more results come in the analytics can be can be done power play um, might be it just like maybe might be too much of an advantage if you can take advantage of it well that's the thing like, so <coughs> it's not it's not unfair because both teams have the chance that's right to use it so if you're not using it to a great effect then that's on you yeah and, and I, I wouldn't want to say that it's unfair to the teams that aren't using it well because you're not using it well it's your right. fault and you could make a case that this might put a further divide between the good teams and the not so good teams because the good teams will obviously have a better chance of using it effectively but that's what you want you want the better teams to win the game sure and you could make an argument that mixed doubles is maybe too much of a crapshoot sometimes and this could actually level the the field a bit so it's not quite as random yeah yeah no uh, for sure there you go so um big congratulations to team canada i believe the name that you've been looking for sean is uh Sahidic. yes uh, i just can't say her name I'm sorry. The, the first name is kedriana yes i believe i believe that's correct uh so but it i always <clears throat> excuse me wow uh I'm getting choked up. Thinking You're about so it. emotional. Yeah, uh, I always read it really quickly as Katrina, but I know that's mm. wrong. So I don't want to. I don't want to say anything wrong. I'm, I'm not sure looking, she gets that all the time, though. Not looking at it there, but like, I'm sure was, she's never gone into a Starbucks and not gotten Katrina <laughs> written on the cup. 
True, true. But it was a really sweet uh, celebration for them. Uh, there are a couple, and uh, sort of jumped into his arms and gave a peck on the cheek and said, "We did it, babe. We did it." And they were so excited. And you know what? Good for them. Their first chance to shine on the international stage uh, with that maple leaf on their back for sure for the mixed doubles and. They they did well, and we'll see them in Beijing. We'll see them in Beijing for the grand final. They, of course, you know, maybe not unexpected that they would do well. As we mentioned last week, they were the runners-up last year at the Canadian Mixed Nationals. So, uh, obviously, a, a very strong team. Also, i got to say, I don't know how tall Colton Lott is or how short Katrina Heidek is, but there is a height difference there. Like, she barely comes up to his shoulders. Um, it's not. It's not quite uh, Kirk Myers and Laura Walker. Not quite. No. But maybe that's a thing. Maybe that's something to keep an eye out. If there's a big height disparity, that leads to better mixed doubles teams. I don't, I don't know. Perhaps. Um, perhaps. All right. So let's. Uh, what were the picks there, Scott, for our mixed doubles? Well, Sean, looking at the mixed doubles picks, I. Uh, boy, it's real tough. Uh, real tough for me. I, I picked Switzerland against USA. Obviously, neither of them made the final. Neither of them did. Just, uh, no, neither made it again on the. Uh, you know, here am I saying that I don't like this extra point for winning in regulation, but it helped me uh, in both those cases because sure th- that's why your two teams didn't get in. Yeah, so I hate this now. I, I hate this uh, scoring system. And uh, Sean, you picked Norway against Canada. But you picked the wrong winner. Oh, shoot. Picked Too Norway bad. to come out Too on bad. top. So two points for you uh, there and zero for me. Yes, so I believe I extend my lead then on the season. So let's uh, move over to the next game that was played, which was the men's game, I believe, because I watched some of this. That's right. Uh, before I went out to learn how to save lives yesterday. You're a real hero. I am. So... Uh, so the final was, as expected, Nicholas Adine, maybe not quite as expected, against Matt Dunstone and the Canadian squad. And it's the Canadians that come out with a maybe surprise victory. Yeah, Sean, uh, I'm a little surprised. I, I'll, I'll admit, I, I don't think either of us picked Matt Dunstone. We did mention at the end of our pod that they, you know, if they get hot and Braden Muscawi has a good week, they could do well. And sure enough, this is what they did this week. They, I believe, they went five and one in their pool, or four and two, with an extra. <laughs> they went five and one. F- so five and one, fifteen points or fourteen points. They're showing up as sixteen points for some reason. That's obviously a mistake. Okay, so uh, I'm here, but yeah, but, but they no, it's not a mistake because they could have gotten one point on their loss. So. Oh, uh, that's right. They, yeah, that would make sense because Scotland won five games, only had thirteen points. Yeah, so it was a real good, uh, good effort there by Team Team Dunstone. They've had a pretty good year outside of Canada, I believe. They they went to Japan uh, or China or something and did quite well. This is going to give them a lot of points and look out for them climbing up the order of merit standings for that wild card game at the Briar. I don't know if the calculations have all been made yet, but keep an eye on this team Dunstone here. Yeah, and I, you know, I think the problem for them is now going into the Vit- Viterra Championship this week is it's great that they won this and it's good for them. They, they get some money. Like you said, they get those points. They are a little behind the eight ball in that event having to fly home now and go right and, and play into the, the Manitoba Championships. So hopefully it doesn't affect them too much because we've been excited to see how Manitoba is going to shake out this year. Well, uh, I believe they're playing out of uh, oh, excuse Saskatchewan. Excuse me, out of Saskatchewan. Uh, That's right. Excuse me. Uh, so 
it's even further to go. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, excuse me, out of Saskatchewan. Um, so, you know, you're going to have Kirk Myers is going to be there mm-hmm. uh, ready to go, uh, Adam Casey and his squad. So, I mean, it's not a cakewalk well, situation. Well, Sean, again, Adam Casey played in the Ontario uh, Provincials oh my this, God. Past, See, this past See, I can't keep... Adam, well, to be, to be fair, Adam Casey will play wherever. Adam Casey... He, he has a uh, Ontario driver's license and health card, so oh, there good you go. for him. Okay, so uh, <laughs> but it's the Myers, really. The, this yeah. the Saskatchewan has been the Myers is. It'll be against the Dunstones. Myers that, and Dunstone this yeah. year. That that's what it'll come down to most likely. And you're right, flying back from Europe, it's not as difficult as flying to Europe, I don't think, but it's still hard on the body. Yeah, you got to get your body clock back in. So we'll yeah. look to see what happens there. Yeah, and you wonder week. too about if there's an, a letdown for them. That you know they go, they just represented Canada. Uh, I know it's certainly uh, Muscawi and Dunstone have been Team Canada uh, before at the junior level. That's right. But you come back, big win, all this stuff. Is there this? Can you get back up? Get, get back into it in top form? It's worth it to uh, to ask the question, Sean. But I don't think it's going to be trouble for this squad. They uh, they have a goal in mind, and uh, in to, to my mind, they're the favorites. But uh, they they played a really good game against Nicholas Adine. Yes. Uh, they're surprising that they were able to hold them down. You know, the hometown favorite, the crowd support behind them. Uh, but they were able to get them right where they needed them and have the hammer in 10 and, or 8, I guess. Eight, yeah. And uh, in a tie game with the hammer, uh, they didn't make any mistakes. And as Matt Dunstone was throwing his last hit, I was a little bit nervous for him. I thought, oh, he's going to do something. And you know, roll out or something, and but no, you know what? He came through and he looked really relieved <laughs> at the end of it, and he was he was pumped, but yeah. also like, oh, I'm really happy I didn't screw up. So, yeah, but we, as we said last week, you know, you want Matt Dunstone at the end of the game throwing a hit. Right? You don't sure. want him throwing a draw at this point of his career. That you know, if he's in the hack throwing a draw there, I think you're a little more nervous and a little more uncertain of what the result's going to be versus him throwing a hit. So, I mean, you're setting it up for them. That's what they want. Yeah, Sean, that you're right about that. I I thought for a second that he might draw. He was facing two, uh, sort of one at the top four and one at the what sort side of, mid, of the four, mid eight foot. It's you know according to the the chart they have up on the curling World Cup, it was full eight foot, wasn't touching the four foot. Right. So, <clears throat> excuse me again. Uh, they they had to make a choice, and and he obviously went with his strength. So yeah. Uh, Good on, uh, good on them. And, of course, and uh, yeah, we'll see how that momentum carries through. Any yeah. uh, any other surprises in the men's field? Well, for I you? just want to say this one thing too: that, that lest anyone think that Matt Dunstone and company sort of benefited from either a nervous Nicholas Adine team or, or a team that was off a little bit yesterday. Nicholas Adine's team threw eighty eight percent, and yeah, the, you know the Canadians threw ninety percent. You know Dunstone at eighty nine percent, Nicholas Adine at eighty five percent. He just went toe to toe with. Arguably the best player in the world, yeah, and one on a on a pretty big on a pretty big stage. You know, Nicholas Adine was talking in some of the interviews about how cool it was. You know, I, I've talked to Nicholas Adine at, at events before about what the situation is in Sweden. That you know, yeah. he, he's talked about how they don't get that much support. We talked on the show that the Swedish government has pulled some of their funding mm-hmm. for this season, and yet he seemed genuinely surprised in these interviews that. The place was full, that they were loud, that there was some excitement there. A small venue, yes, but, you know, there was, there was some jazz for him there. And, mm-hmm. and so Nicholas Adin, this isn't, you know, we've seen events where we've talked about it with Rachel Holman. I think we've seen it with the Dean. 
a little bit sometimes where they come in and just they're relaxed and they're like, okay, we win, we don't, whatever. <laughs> and this wasn't one of those things. So for Matt Dunstone to come out, take all the punches that Nicholas Adin could throw yesterday, get a win, you know, it furthers my confidence in the idea that, you know, 10 years from now, we're looking at the Dunstone botcher rivalry. Yeah. Yeah. In, in sort yeah. of the same vein as we had Howard and Martin. Wow. That's uh, that's high praise, and we'll be tracking that for the next 10 years here on the Game of Stones pod. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, so just one other thing, sort of statistically, if you want to get into how this all played out, unsurprisingly, the Canadians had the best plus-minus for the week at plus-21, the Swedish team at plus-19, so right there with them. Uh, the Americans, the Young Bucks, they struggled. They're minus-9 on the week. Uh, the Norwegians, Scott, minus-10. Yes. on the week. They really struggled here. I think that was the biggest uh, disappointment of the week on the men's side was that, that the Norwegian team didn't didn't come out more gangbusters. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and you know, their last known efficiency at 50%, which isn't terrible, not ideal. Their force efficiency, though, all the way down at 47%. And you're mm. not going to win a lot of games there <clears throat> no. if you are giving up multiple points more than half the time when the other team has the hammer. Yeah, it's not great, Sean. Not great. So uh, looking at our picks here... Yes. Uh, we both picked Nicholas Adin to win, obviously, uh, because you know he's he's at home and he's one of the best. So uh, that's what we went with. Uh, we were both wrong, but uh, <laughs> and, and neither of us picked Canada to make it out of that second pool. Uh, I had Norway and you had Scotland, so one point each on the men's side. So there you go. So we're tied up there. Now let's move on to what was my greatest disappointment of the Korean World Cup, and that was the women's event. Was your biggest disappointment the final? No, that was not my biggest disappointment. Was it Darcy Robertson my going over? It was Darcy Robertson going zero and six. Now, so like. It makes me so. I just love Darcy Robertson so much. Now, I did not pick Darcy Robertson because she was in the same pool with the Swedish team and Anna Hasselberg. And of course, I picked them because they're at home and they're the best team in the world. Yes. So, yes, no no qualms there. And they're in there with Sidorova from Russia, right? We talked last week that this was a really strong pool. Yeah. And they were up against it for sure, coming right from the Manitoba playdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, disappointing end for them there. To go right here, and they just didn't. Have, they just didn't have it. Darcy was just off all week. And so, who was the other team in the pool, Sean? Was it China? The Chinese team, yes. So Darcy Robertson lost twice to the Chinese team. Yes, which it shouldn't. It shouldn't happen. I'll. I'll do respect uh, to that team, but uh, yeah, real. Real tough, uh, tough go for Darce there. Really Darce tough. The so she on the week in the six games, Scott, she shot fifty eight percent. Yikes! For the week, um, you know that is uh, statistically speaking uh, bad. <laughs> <laughs> Analytics. You know, yeah, her draw percentage was at fifty seven percent, and her takeout percentage at fifty six percent. So. I don't know how so that. Gets, I, get I don't know how that you get that to fifty-eight. <laughs> uh, oh, draws. They don't count. Or sorry, they don't count guards as draws okay. in these stats. So the, the, she crushed her guards. She was a very effective guard thrower, one hundred percent this week on four draws. So that's, wow, that's my girl, Darcy. Wow, and uh, she didn't have much chance to throw guards, presumably being no, down. No, but you know, and, and the thing too about this is that she was equally bad. Like she threw twelve intern draws. At 50%, she threw 14 outturn draws at 64%. Uh, 
her takeouts, she threw both at 56% with the turn. So it wasn't like she was having trouble with the turn right. or anything like that. She just wasn't very good. Yeah, yeah. And uh, who knows how much of it is due to, you know, the ice, uh, the travel, the letdown after the provincials, uh, right. but any, it's, but any it, of that stuff. But it's Darcy Roberts and the team shot 75%. So it, it so was it's, her. it's Darcy Robertson, and that's where the team really struggled. Sure. I mean, maybe she didn't, uh, you know, they don't fly as much as some of these other teams, so probably didn't get an upgrade uh, on <laughs> their, their flight over there. So, you know, had to sit in that seat, and then, you know, you hurt yourself. And Darcy Robertson, you know, she's in great shape, obviously, but, you know, it's been around for a while. Uh, if I had to do that, I'd be hurting uh, a little bit. So... You know, you never know what uh, what could have happened there. Yeah, uh, for sure. And uh, yeah, so they but they were. I mean, cumulatively, uh, just oof. really. Yeah, Vanessa Foster was tied for the worst second. Yeah, uh, Karen Klein was the second worst, the, the seventh place, uh, Se- third, third, and then uh, Darcy was well last oof. on the skips. The only bright spot was. Teresa Cannon, who was the second best lead. Ah, yeah, yeah, and everybody always tells me that uh, oh, if your lead is terrible, your team will be terrible. Well, I think this is evidence that you can have a really good lead, yeah, and still be bad. And you can have a lead who may be struggling relative to their peers and do well because Scott, the Korean lead, was the lowest percentage lead for the week. So let's get into this final. So I think we've decided leads don't matter. <laughs> yes. And we'll talk about the final. Now. Yes. Okay. So uh, so let's get into it. Uh, the final between the Korean squad of uh, uh, I always I always say her, her first name wrong. Kim. Team Kim. Min Ji Kim. Min Ji Kim. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Against Anna Hasselberg. Again, the hometown favorites there. And it's the Korean squad here, Scott, that Sean, comes out on top. It is. This is the one, uh, the one that I watched all the way through in real time, and uh, they just, they just were better yesterday. I. It seemed like Hasselberg was struggling a bit with the ice. I'm not sure why, uh, but just didn't seem to have her top game there. I'm not saying that percentage-wise they were bad because they actually through four ends were a higher percentage than Korea. And we're down four to one on the scoreboard. So it was just right. like misses at the wrong time. Korea played a perfect curling curling game, right? You take two, you give them one. You take two, you give them one. It's the steal they, that sort of throws that into right. There was a steal of one, but then they came back with a deuce right after. Yep. And uh, really, Sweden was never in this game, Sean. It was just shocking to me. And this Korean team is a junior age team. Mm-hmm. We'll be going to uh, World Juniors and. I don't Gotta be see how they could lose, right? Yeah, they have to be a. They, they definitely have to be a favorite. Yeah. Uh, in that event, but you know, you look at the the game totals. You say Anna Hasberg was a little bit off. She what? She threw sixty nine percent. Yeah. Excuse me, sixty eight percent for the game yesterday, and uh, you know, seventy nine percent for the week, which is a little low from what you'd expect. Right. From but Anna Hasberg. The rest of the team was fine, though. Yeah. Like, Sarah McManus at eighty eight percent. Uh, Agnes at eighty four percent and uh, Sophia at eighty six percent, so eighty two for the team. Right. With Anna Hasselberg throwing at sixty eight percent, but if you look there on the other side, the Korean team eighty two percent and Minji Kim at eighty six percent. That's so, right. Yeah. You know, if your skip, I don't, I, you know, degree of difficulty, of course, matters, but if your skip out curls the other skip by eighteen percent, you're going to win a lot it, of games. It's hard. For this setup to be so good that you can overcome that. <laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent. You're right, Sean. 
Uh, you're definitely right about that. So uh, I'll credit where it's due. Uh, one thing I want to mention that was really cool, <clears throat> I told you this was the only one I watched live. I watched uh, at the beginning of the game on the sheet adjacent where they played. They set up like this sort of tunnel, and as they introduced the teams, each of the players took a slide out, and they like emerged from the Ooh, tunnel nice. with like some pyrotechnics on the side. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Really fun. So it looked, overall, it looked like they had a really fun event there in, in Young Coping. Uh, Sweden, of course, makes the final in the men's and the women's event. Uh, disappointing losses on each side, but uh, good showing overall by the home team. And we're all set now for this grand final. Yes. I looked at all the points and stuff yesterday. I still don't know who's going. <laughs> uh, I don't know if they've announced anything today. I haven't really looked today. I haven't seen anything. No. It's, uh, I'm sure they're gonna. I, I'm sure they're not gonna announce anything until teams are set that they're going to invite yeah. countries. But we'll see which teams represent who. I mean, we the teams we know are the teams that won. That's right. The various yeah. events. They'll be there. And China will have teams in all three disciplines. Yes. And then you can probably take a, a you can probably safely assume that the the uh, like the Scottish men will be represented, right? They've done yeah. well so far. So I mean you can sort of take guesses on the teams that haven't won who will be there. And be safe right but yeah we'll, we'll have to sort of see but we'll wait and see so so overall uh any final impressions there sean on the the curling world cup leg three uh no 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 i, I mean it, it's interesting to, to me to just see how little traction i think this got in yeah. canada not broadcast uh this no tsn this tsn passed on this one and you know, I watched a little bit on the Twitter stream right. that the Curling World Cup had, which was great. I always love listening to Rona well, on the call. But, yeah, really. Yeah, a lot less coverage for this one. Yeah, there's just the saturation point over the past couple of weeks with, you know, there's just so much more access now to the provincials, which we'll get to, mm-hmm. than there is or than there used to be that, you know, the, the Skins game, and we'll touch on that, and this – seems to get lost a little bit. Yeah, Sean, I had uh, I spent the week watching the Ontario Tankard and Scotties, to be honest, on Title Sports Live uh, with our good friends uh, Danielle Inglis, Pete Stetsky, and Mary Shiv- Chil- Chivers, Chivers? <laughs> uh, from the Two Girls in a Games podcast. Yes. So, uh, I, you know, I just had those three in my living room all, all week, and it was the curling that I wanted to see that, that I just... Didn't stop watching for this World Cup. Yeah, and now you have this grand final. It's going to be in China, so obviously the time issue here in North America. And it's going to be after everything else is done. Yeah, it'll be in May. So it's going to be really late. Like, I I don't really even care about the Champions Cup, and this is going to happen after the Champions (laughs) Cup. So it's going to be really late for it. And uh, But who knows? I mean, maybe there will be this sort of, I'll get my third wind with the the world cup and we can get into it so let's uh what were our picks here scott uh so we both picked sweden again uh anna hasselberg to win uh i had the the young does from the usa into the final uh they had a pretty good week i think they were three and three or two and four uh they were in some close games though and uh sean you had korea in the final 
So you get two points again to my one. There you go. And, yes, uh, the uh, the American women were three and three. Three and three. So some good uh, experience for them for yeah. Corey Christensen's team. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So I extend my lead overall. So in the World Cup it, from Sweden, I believe I get five points. Scott, to your two. Let me do my math here, Sean. So there you go. Yeah, so. that's right. Five points to two. So continue uh, to extend my lead. Your lead is now up to six big points. All right. So, uh, so let's turn our attention to the next thing that we will be making picks for. Obviously not in this episode, though. The Scotty's Tournament of Hearts field is completely 100% set. Yes, Sean, it's set. And let's talk about yesterday's biggest winner, Casey Scheidegger. <laughs> Did yeah, not play. Yeah. While Scheidegger was playing in uh, in Banff on Saturday night uh, in the semifinal, she was rooting hard yes. for Team Homan uh, playing their Ontario final. And, of course, Team Homan won. Uh, they beat Julie Tippin in a game that you described to me as very Homan style. Where Homan-esque, yes. They, they don't you know step on anybody's throat. No. They, the outcome of the game was never in doubt. Uh, I watched the whole game. I'm a really cool guy and have cool things to do on Saturday nights. Uh, so I watched the whole game, and they were in control the entire time. It it never crossed my mind that Julie Tippin's team would win. But the final score was 6-4. to four. It came down to the end. Uh, they had to throw uh, rocks in the 10th end. So, you know, it sort of kept them hanging around. And... And that's what they do. That, that's, <clears throat> that's what, what they, do. they do. They are good enough that, with all due respect to Julie Tippin, I really like Julie Tippin. I enjoyed them at the trials last year. But they're a team that is good enough that they could be. They could beat ninety percent of the teams on tour in eight ends in a ten end game if they wanted to. Yeah, and, and they, they, they. It's just the way they play that they don't. It's sort of the exact opposite of what Jennifer Jones seems to like to do. Jennifer Jones wants to mix it up. She wants rocks in play. She wants she, she'll take chances. She's very aggressive. Mm-hmm. Holman's just a little more conservative, and I, I that makes sense. Her strength is hitting, and you know the whole team's strength, with the exception of Lisa Weagle, are up weight shots. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that they play that way. But it does lead to closer games. It does, yeah, and. Uh, as you mentioned, that Casey Scheidegger now gets into that wild card game, uh, given that Team Holman has their berth out of Ontario. Yep. Uh, it's you know I, Team Holman has to be one of the favorites, if not the favorite. Three Grand Slam titles already this year. Yes. Like, so you know going to Sydney, uh, we've seen them play well in Nova Scotia already this year, winning the uh, the Grand Slam event that was there. So. They're, they're the favorites. Casey Scheidegger against Carrie Anderson. We saw Anderson play in the Skins game on Friday Friday night or... Saturday morning, whichever the first <clears throat> women's semifinal yeah, was. And playing uh, beautifully done by TSN. Yeah. Putting her against Tracy Fleury again. In, in the rematch. And uh, they did not play well, Sean. So we'll see... We'll see what uh, what if anything they yep. can bring to the table in that game, but for my money right now, Casey Scheidegger is the favorite. Uh, yeah, to come but out of that. but I mean, be fair. I mean, Casey Scheidegger did not make the playoffs in the Alberta playdowns either. So you know, she her last big event, she also did not post very well. Yeah, but you always there. talk about uh, the defeats are a lot a little bit easier when they're when you get blowed out. They're not down to the last minute, right? Like uh, that they had victory. 
yes. in that Manitoba final. And they, they snatched defeat from that Jaws of <laughs> they victory. They did. So, uh, so Rachel Holman gets another Ontario championship. Actually, she doesn't have that many Ontario championships. That's her fourth? I believe three or four, yeah. There, there was a point where she had as many Scotties as Ontario championships. Uh, mm-hmm. And she certainly has more Scotty's appearances than Ontario championships because of the Team Canada thing. But yeah, mm-hmm. she she what you the number of Ontario championships you think she has subtract a couple. Yeah, she's yeah. not she she just doesn't play in it that often because uh, she doesn't need to uh, with all those Scotties that she's won. Now the other team or another final that we saw yesterday up there in Nipigon, Ontario, yeah. uh, Krista McCarvel comes through Ooh. the Northern Ontario Championship, which I have to say, Scott was the dumbest format for a provincial championship that I think I've seen in a long time. It was a triple round robin, is that right? Just a double. D- just a double just round a double. robin. So there's four teams. They only had four teams. They had a double round robin, and then they decided to have a final off of that. I feel as though with four teams, and you're going to do a double round robin, whoever's in first place wins. wins you yeah. played everybody twice, and especially in the case with Kristen McCarvel, she went 6-0. and Right, and everybody else was three and three, except I, one team that was, yeah, it, it was like they, they were have a, they, there was four teams and they had to have a tiebreaker. <laughs> like what they is were happening? The, they were the class of the field, obviously, no doubt about it. And that final Sean was a real nail biter uh, that she had. She was down, I believe she was down uh, two points in the seventh end or something, and it was looking like the upset was brewing, but she managed to get her deuce force and then get a deuce in the the 10th end with Hammer to uh, come out on top. 8-7, uh, to seven, I believe, was the final. Yeah, it was a, it was a one-point game, and, and the, the Chris McCarville comes out on top. It would have been criminal if she had not won that game. Yeah, and it was uh, Jenna Engie that she was playing against. Is that right? Uh, I have to look that one up. Uh, so, uh, And one of the players, Amanda Gates, was her lead, who used to be on Flurry's team. Uh, as far as the rest of the, the teams there go, Kira Brunton, a junior team from Northern Ontario, they were the other team in that tiebreaker. Yeah. And uh, the name of the fourth team is escaping me. So yeah. I, I don't have my computer in front of me today to look these things up. Yeah, and I believe we've, we have we saw the Kira Brunton team. They were in, I believe, the Grand Slam that was up in Thunder Bay. In the Tier 2 I event, say in yeah. the, they, they got a spot up in there. Uh, so yeah, eight seven final against Jenna Angie Scott. You are correct. Hey, well done <laughs> on that one. And uh, let me just pull it up real quick here on the standings. Take a look at who did well here. That's a good yeah, Sean. And while you're pulling that up, you know, uh, you mentioned that would have been pretty criminal for her not to get there. And yeah. I have to agree. This this team has been the class of Northern Ontario uh, for quite some time. And now with Tracy Fleury out of there. Uh, you know, yeah. basically acclimation. Yeah, and the other team, Haley Beaudry, who went 0-6. Okay. So the, uh, the Kira Brunton and Jen Angie split their games against each other. Right. Uh, and that's how we get to the tiebreaker. So, so I mean, the, the problem here, though, Scott, is you know people have argued for a long time against having a Northern Ontario team. If you're only getting four women's teams in this field, that just gives more credence the idea that Northern Ontario doesn't deserve a spot. And, and to me, that's problematic. I think it does. I think Northern Ontario has shown traditionally that there have been enough teams to support having yeah. that spot in the national championships. And I know people get mad at that because Ontario is one province and yeah, whatever. But <laughs> but Northern Ontario has won more Briar championships than 
some other provinces. True, true. So, so yeah, I think it's fine. Um, uh, we should note uh, that Ashley Simpola, the usual second for Team McCarville, has taken the rest of the year off as she is expecting a child, and so they've brought in another uh, a second. Yes, Jen, Jen Gates. Gates. Okay. Here. So as Amanda Gates was on the other team. That's uh, right. My fault there. Yes, but everyone else is the same with Kendra Lilly and Sarah Potts. And so Jen and Kendra played together in juniors, I believe, uh, and both live in Sudbury and get a chance to practice together. So anyway, I'm uh, really excited for that team to yes, uh, get to the Scotties. They're, they're one of my faves. Yes. The, and we had a... Uh, we had uh, BC. Another uh, another big provincial championship out there. And I used to be uh, to play at the Victoria Curling Club. And a couple of players who I played with there in our big open league uh, are going in Team Sarah Wark. Yes, so they will get the win over Corinne Brown out there in Kesnell, British Columbia. Quinnell, Sean. That's what I said. And so, <laughs> yeah, and and Carly, there's, an S. there's there, an S in the word. The the so Sarah Wark's team was the class of the week uh, there at the BC Scotties. Um, I don't believe they lost. They might have lost one game, I think, in the round robin. Uh, they were right at the top of the tables. They beat that Corinne Brown team twice, uh, three times actually, as they played them in the one-two game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corinne Brown, of course, you know from the juniors. She was former Canadian junior champion and a real up-and-coming uh, ladies team out there in BC. So pretty impressive. For Sarah's team to to uh, run the table as they did through those playoffs, yep. they've been sort of knocking at the door a lot the last couple of years. She lost a crushing final, um, I believe, two or three years ago, where she had a draw to the eight foot uh, and was heavy, had to go to an extra end and lost in an extra end. It was just, it was pretty devastating to watch. So. Seeing the celebration of the team yesterday, I, I was really happy to see. I'm excited to see what they can do on the national stage. And I think, on balance, they're probably a better team than the Van Osh team that advanced to the championship pool last year. So Yeah, I think that's a, a fair statement uh, that they are. Uh, they Yeah, they, they lost one game all week. They played really well. Mm-hmm. There was a, a point in the game last night, I think it was the seventh end, I want to say, where... Corinne Brown, trying to steal, had put two stones behind a middling in length guard mm-hmm. that uh, Sarah Work had, and she played a straight run back, perfect on the right yeah. on the beak, uh, where she scores one. Could have given up a steal of two potentially, still would have been in control of the game. Mm-hmm. But that's the sort of shot making that you like to see. True. And if if she can bring that to Sydney with her. She's going to have a chance, certainly, to get into the championship pool. Mm-hmm. Playoffs might be a bridge too far at this point for that team, but if you're making shots like that, you uh, you can hang with this field. Exactly, Sean. And and she had a shot for four in the first end, and it just like just curled too much. Uh, so, it, really impressive performance by this team out there. Uh, Carly Sandwith, the second for this team, played lead for Kessa when they played at the Scotties in Montreal, 2014. So. Mm-hmm. I believe she's the only one on the team with Scotty's experience, but that team in 2014 went six and five and were knocking on the door of the playoffs. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty, you know, excited for them and and happy for them. So yeah. good on. So, yeah. So let's shift over real quick. We'll just run through some of the men's finals that also happened. Also in BC, they were playing the men at the same time. Jim Cotter, his team, come out victorious there. So we get to see a back end 
out of British Columbia of Steve Laycock and uh, Jim, Jim Connor. Connor. And uh, I actually checked, Scott, the, uh, the sports book out there at the MGM has the over-under at 64 words said all week uh, <laughs> um, during BC games. So, nice, nice. Uh, so we'll see. You know, I might take the under on that one. Uh, um, but, yeah, so it, it'll be nice. I haven't seen Steve Laycock or Jim Cotter this year on TV, I think, at all. Uh, on any regular – I don't think they've made it into any of the Grand Slams. So Yeah, I'm racking my brain, Sean. Uh, they – they played uh, Jason Montgomery, another team that I played against at the Victoria Curling Club, and Monty and his team, they were always like a little too serious for me, but uh, <laughs> they always kicked our ass, and <laughs> I don't believe we ever played more than six ends against them. So they had a pretty strong week there. The only team they lost to, I believe, was Jim Cotter. They played this event in a triple knockout, whereas the women played a, a round robin. Right. Uh, and he gave up a brutal steal at two. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. Uh, it, it was the second or third end, and they got behind the eight ball right away and just had no chance to come back. Cotter's team is too good. Uh, I would expect them to advance at least to the championship pool yep. at the Briar. It's going to be a pretty good Briar field this year, but that's what I would say is their expectation. We've seen Cotter struggle a bit without John Morris by his side, yes. so maybe Steve Laycock can you know, provide the shot making that... Uh, that he's been lacking. Yeah, so, yeah, no real yeah. surprise there. Yeah. Uh, so let's go back to Northern Ontario. Nipigon, Brad Jacobs comes out second straight year that he beats Tanner Horgan mm-hmm. in the final after having Tanner Horgan going undefeated through the round robin. And Brad Jacobs goes through the semifinals, almost loses the semifinals in a tight game, comes out and really was in control of that final pretty much the whole way. Yeah. And beats Tanner Horgan yet again. Hopefully... They select Tanner Horgan again to come to the Briar with them. I thought it was a very nice gesture last time that they did that. Uh, but as we, we saw earlier this year, Tanner Horgan with some responsibilities with school, maybe he can't take that week to go sure. uh, to be a fifth. I mean, obviously, if he was playing, he would go. Maybe it's a chance to see Mark Kennedy again, given how well the, the Jacobs mm-hmm. team got along with him. They obviously haven't announced yet. But another Northern Ontario victory for Brad Jacobs, I think, going into the week. That's probably what everyone would have expected in a final. Sure. And yeah, and it know. came true. And and I thought, you know, uh, Tanner Horgan beat Brad Jacobs in the round robin nine to six. Yeah, uh, it seemed to me like, oh boy, this is this is the year it's going to happen. Like you say, we played a tight semifinal against Mike uh, McCarville, who represented Northern Ontario the last time Brad Jacobs didn't uh, in 2014, and. Yeah, I was just thinking this is going to be the year that uh, Jacobs gets knocked off. But uh, we know that John Epping is now very happy because uh, John Epping suffered a a defeat in the Ontario final. And I will will call this this defeat a (laughs) beatdown, a straight-up beatdown. Scott McDonald, their team was lights out all week. Like, hands down, the class of the field. Yeah. it was, it, they just put on a clinic yesterday. Make, they made everything, Sean. It was insane. And uh, they won 8-2 to two against John Epping in six ends yeah. in an Ontario final. That's crazy. It's it's so crazy. It's like, it's just insane to me. Yeah. And and so John Epping now is going to need to to rely on that wild card game, which I believe he'll get into against the loser of Alberta between Botcher and, and Cooey, whoever doesn't come out of there. I believe that's the likely scenario. However, yeah. this Dunstone 
uh, performance at the World Cup could have vaulted him ahead of Team John Epping. So uh, I know we were talking about Northern Ontario, and I I segued there. I don't know if you the, noticed how I did that. Well done. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Usually when you segue, you don't point out how well you segue. Oh, it's, into something. it's broadcasting. Um, but <laughs> no, Scott McDonald. He beat John Epping three times this week. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, and that's two years in a row, Scott. We've had bad in terms of drama on Serie finals. finals. Last year, it's because the score was one nothing into the 14th end. <laughs> but this year, uh, with the blowout, uh, just complete destruction. Uh, and Scott McDonald, and you, if you think about two months ago, there was a lot of debate. Should Scott McDonald get the automatic spot that's right. into this event? Because the top two teams were uh, were. Uh, I don't know what's going on out there. We're uh, uh, Howard and John Epping. That's right. And the rules state that only two teams get the automatic spot. And currently in Ontario decided we're going to give the spot to uh, Scott McDonald for how well they've done. And and it was because during the qualifier that they would have played in, Sean, they were uh, out at the Grand Slam event in Newfoundland, and and they thought, why should we punish this team and tell them that they can't play in the Grand Slam because they need to qualify for provincials, right? So they were rewarded with this spot in the Grand Slam and then punished at the same time. Uh, so Curling Ontario decided uh, that they wouldn't do that. They would give them the spot and allow them to go play in that Grand Slam, and that was a controversial decision. Uh, there was lots of talk around the uh, tables at the Curling Club about it, uh, but... Seems like it was a good decision by Curling Ontario because they were they were on fire all week. Yeah, and they. Yeah, well, you, there's really yeah, there's not really much you can say. This team, this is what you'd like to see a team. They just go, they play. They've gotten so much better. They win the Tier Two mm-hmm. Grand Slam. They get the spot in the other Grand Slam. They they have shown that they can hang with teams. You know, and this, you know. If you look ahead, even you know if you have a similar situation next year with teams maybe not wanting to play in some of the Grand Slams, you know Scott McDonald is in the or yeah. not the Grand Slam, excuse me, the World Cup. Scott McDonald's a team that would mm. make a lot of sense to send might do. if sort of the top teams don't want to go. Uh, but by that time, he might be he a might top be, team. He, he might, might be, be the, it, yeah. the defending champion for the Briar if they play that well. Well, uh, if, I mean, if they play that well, for sure, they can hang with anybody. They they didn't win that uh, Tier 2 Grand Slam. That was Kirk Myers. Oh, team. yes, excuse me. They but, were in the uh, final. They though. were in the final oh, against them me, and, yes. and earned enough points to be invited to that yeah. event out in Newfoundland. So, uh, you know, congratulations to them. A little disappointing that this ends Team Glenn Howard's uh, Briar chances. It's always good to see... Uh, Old man Glenn there at the uh, yeah. <laughs> at the Briar. I don't, I don't know. I just sort of like hearing them talk and complain about picks and all that. But uh, <laughs> um, can't believe I it, picked. T- yeah, I picked. picked. Oh, I can't believe it. Can't so believe tough, it. tough road for them. But overall, Sean, it was like a super, super exciting day of curling. Yeah, I had curling on my double screens all basically day. all day. Yeah. Put the Super Bowl on, and I got to be honest, this curling was way better than the Super Bowl. <laughs> Yeah, the, the Super Bowl was uh, was quite bad. Let's run through just a couple other quick ones. Yes. Uh, out in Newfoundland and Labrador, Andrew Simons. Right. Uh, he wins out there, will represent Newfoundland and Labrador. Second straight year that Brad Gushu will not be representing Newfoundland and Labrador. Mm. He's you know, got a... He's going to run out, which is good. He was running out of Purple Heart space uh, for for the Newfoundland Championship. That's right. Uh, so he gets the victory out there. They played that actually at the Ballyhaley Club there yeah. in St. John's. and they lost the final last year to Greg Smith. So yeah. good redemption story for yeah. them to so, get uh, So get congratulations there. to them. And uh, now this week is sort of the big week 
for the men's side where we'll have Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Yukon, and the Northwest Territories all playing their finals. And we will have a full field next Sunday. Nice. So then we can come back next Sunday and talk about it, right? Talk about all the action. Uh, The other thing, Scott, was, of course, the Skins game, which I'll be honest, I didn't watch an end of. It happened. Uh, It was pretty fun. Uh, The men's game was between Botcher and Kui, I think, the final. Yes. Uh, so maybe a little preview of the Alberta Alberta final. Uh, and they came down to a draw to the button on the last one. And Darren Molding was pretty funny. He, After the draw to the button was completed, he went up in the stands, started opening up a bag of chips, and said, I, I can't do anything more. <laughs> uh, so uh, it was good for them. They, they ended up winning Team Botcher. So maybe they can carry that momentum on. On the women's side, Jennifer Jones... Um, you know, keeps being Jennifer Jones. She's going to do what she do. Yeah. Uh, Brendan Botcher's team takes home $54,500. Jennifer Jones, $51,000 for her victory. Not so, a bad weekend. So, yeah, not a bad way to spend a weekend out there in Banff. Yeah, yeah, it looked beautiful. Uh, the ice seemed slow, but it's always tough in that uh, facility to make good curling ice. Yeah, so. and there's not really time either there to spend, uh, to you know, you know, a big week-long event. You get all the teams are coming in practice for a full day. No, and yeah. you have the first draw or two, and you can sort of sort it out there. But overall, yeah, good job. Good job. Uh, in an event that, yes, I'm, I'm still not sure why they decided to run it when they ran it, but good on them. It, it was for people who wanted to watch Team Kui this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, so, uh, so there you go. So that's all the action from the world of curling from this week. And the Super Bowl, Scott, uh, you know, if... Glenn Howard's around, so will Tom Brady. And uh, yeah. the, this consistency of those two people uh, just making it into big events. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's uh, never going to end. Never it gonna never end. is. No. So uh, so we'll could be back next week with a, a full breakdown of these men's games. Like with the women's sports net, we'll be doing full day coverage on Sunday of Alberta and Manitoba. They'll go from semifinal to semifinal to final to final. And check out, check out the Curl Sask YouTube channel for the coverage of the men's tankard or whatever they call it in saskatchewan i'm not really sure Me neither. I, I believe manitoba is the vetera championship and i think alberta is still the boston pizza cup but who knows we're not getting money from those sponsors so who cares? no we're not so yeah so what do i care <laughs> uh so uh we'll be back with you then uh after the games on sunday in the interim, please do subscribe to the show if you have not yet on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever it is you get your shows. You can follow along on Twitter and Instagram at Game of Stones Pod. Scott's on Twitter at Scott Likes TV. I am at Dr. Shawnee Fever. And do check out some of our past episodes if you've missed them, some of the evergreen ones. If you go back to the summer, we did What's Good About Bond Spiels, The uh, Toughest Shots in Curling. And if you have not yet, uh, go over to the History Slam feed, the most recent episode as we record this, is my interview with Brian Schick, the author of Written in Stone, The uh, Modern History of Curling. So you can check that out over at activehistory.ca. And if you want to get in touch with the show, send us any comments, questions, gameofstonespodcast at gmail.com. So we'll be back with you next week. But until then, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final...